comes. The latest people, trends, and news on sustainable living in and around our corner of the country. Down to Earth with Mrs. Green. Spotlight on the Southwest. And now, Mrs. Green. Welcome, everybody. You are indeed listening to Down to Earth with Mrs. Green. We are going to put a great, exciting, and very bright spotlight on the Southwest for these next 30 minutes. I'm Gina Murphy-Darling, and I thank you for listening. Always thank you for listening and for being a part of Mrs. Green's world. And I always like to thank the sponsor of our show, and in this case, a great partner of Mrs. Green's world, Tucson Electric Power. I am continuously impressed with their commitment to energy efficiency and retrofitting of hundreds of businesses and literally thousands of homes to make them more energy efficient. I know a lot about that and feel free to ask me what I know because there's a great deal to share. And as you are going to hear in these next 30 minutes, their commitment to solar and about their creative and innovative partnerships with government entities and school districts and the list goes on. So get ready to talk about how TEP goes sunny side up. I thought that was a really clever title and I made it up myself. Joining me in studio to tell us all about this exciting happening is um, Ryan Anderson and he works for Tucson Electric Power. He's a senior key account manager, which we're gonna find out exactly what that means. Ryan, thanks so much for being here. And I honestly can't wait to hear all about this partnership. When I read the press release, I was like, I had this just visceral reaction of what a huge step, what an integrated approach, because you're just going to, I don't want to steal all your thunder, but you're not just going around and changing light bulbs. That's not your plan to energy efficiency. So I think it's always great to start with what is your role at TEP and how did that come about? Because we, our paths have crossed many times in this small town, big city of a million people, but it's great to have you here. Thank you so much. It's a real pleasure to be with you. Uh, I've only been at TEP for about six months now. And well, you jumped in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big time. This is a big project. It's a great place to work. It's pretty innovative. And as long as you have uh, the capacity and the ability to pull things off, TEP is pretty, you know, pretty receptive to those kind of things. So as you know, in my former role, I was working at the mayor's office uh, and I was charged with being a sustainability, transportation, and planning policy advisor to the mayor. And uh, became aware of a lot of these issues before I came over to TEP and actually worked with TEP on increasing energy efficiency for small businesses in, in the region, uh, which was why I was able to move into the role I'm in now. It was really a natural progression because you certainly knew the whole drill and how it can be complicated and what it takes. It's just not literally not just about changing light bulbs. Right. So this was a neat, when I came in, you asked what I do as a senior key account manager. Well, <clears throat> all the major accounts with Tucson Electric Power, they have one person assigned to them to make sure that billing things happen quickly in, ex, ex, uh, in, in an expedited fashion, that if they have an increase in load, they want to build more um, facilities or infrastructure, we can make sure we can serve that, so with engineering departments. It's like a project manager internal to the company. We advocate for the interests of our major customers, uh, 
up and down uh, the hierarchy. And I didn't know that. If, after all of my years of partnership, I mean, it totally makes sense. So if they need someone to call a TEP, you're the guy. Right. The utility sector in this country has really gone through a transformation where it was... I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> where it was basically kind of where the utility give us a call when you're ready for power to be much more focused on what the needs of the customers are because the sector is changing so rapidly. They're... Uh, with the advent of solar energy being really affordable now, with the rapid developments in energy efficiency, uh, we need to be really co- closely communicating with our customers to make sure that we move forward in tandem. And uh, everybody wins. That's what I loved about it. I mean, so tell us about what this partnership is. It's a challenge partnership. And as I was saying to you off air, we have you know, we have wonderful people that listen to our podcasts all around the country. Mm-hmm. So Kind of tell us, Sunnyside School District is a big school district in Pima County Mm -hmm. in Tucson, Arizona, Mm -hmm. and that's who your partner is. So I just wanted to lay that groundwork because you and I will be talking and people will be listening saying, what's Sunnyside and how you're you're calling it Sunnyside Up? It has to make sense. So tell us about the program and take your time because there are lots of moving parts. Okay, thank you. I will. Uh, Sunnyside, as you just said, is one of our major school districts here in the Tucson region. And... When I took over the account, I spoke with their energy manager, Cindy Beauvais, uh, who I think you know. Yes, I do. Tell her hi. Or I, tell her I men- you mentioned her on the air and I said hi, and we've got to get her on the show. I think, I, you know, I actually already mentioned it to her. And as you know, these things take people who are internal champions, you know, that are going to advocate for yes. a change in behavior. Yes. Because she's it. She's it. <laughs> she's know. it. And she herself has an inspiring story, but I'll let her tell you herself. Uh, in any case, uh, I came, out, came on uh, and met her, and she told me that she was just thinking about trying to... Well, let me back up a bit. Unlike other businesses, schools can't pass increased costs on to their customers. Right, because it's their students and their parents. Students. Right, that model does not work. So TEP is really focused on trying to find ways to, you know, help schools save energy because every dollar saved for a school district is a dollar that goes towards better education for right. those students. Right. And last thing you want is to erode that quality of education. Right. You want to support it. So uh, when Cindy mentioned, she goes, you know, as an energy manager, we're trying to figure out ways to reduce our bills, and improve the quality of education students receive. So she said, I'm thinking about trying to replicate a program that came out of the Environmental Protection Agency. So the EPA had a program called the Battle of the Buildings. I remember that. Mm -hmm. I'm serious. We never did a show on it, but that was really another one that was impressive, impactful, and someone had a great vision. So Battle of the Buildings. Okay, go. That's great. Well, Battle of the Buildings is really a focus on trying to get people to think about the building envelope per se. Does that, you know what that means? Yes, totally. So when you look at schools that were built in the 1950s, uh, for a school year that started in September and finishes in May, you know, or even earlier in Back some in case. the olden days when I went to school. Right. <laughs> right. Started after Labor Day and ended the first week in June. I like that model, but anyway, that's I not what too. we do now. So, but we digress. So schools start now in August, sometimes in early August. When it's 115 degrees and I see the kids out there waiting for the bus, and I'm like, you poor kids, we were still swimming. So... When you start earlier, when you have these higher temperatures, the schools, the actual facilities, the, the buildings demand. themselves were only built with one pane windows. 
their HVAC heating you know, and cooling systems were sized for a very different kind of load. So it's stressing these, this, these facilities and this equipment to start school earlier and to run it longer. So she, as an energy manager, has to confront those challenges. You know, we all have these legacy challenges that we're left with that made sense at the time when they were built, and then things change over right. time, we've got to adjust. And now they've changed rapidly. Right. We're on fast forward all the time with everything. So go ahead. What, so she, what a responsibility. So it's she daunting. Wanted, oh, I know, I know. So she wanted to say, how do I get, how do I increase the efficiency of buildings? Got to just change the light bulbs, you know, in one regard. Right. Got to upgrade the technology. But how do we do more with that? We want to save money, save energy to save money to improve education. Can we also improve education by engaging the students in this activity? And, and making it fun. And making it fun. <laughs> it's really, there's, I, I always want to know what's the fun factor, and there is one in this. Right, so we decided to create a competition. I mean, this is all Cindy Beauvais. This is her telling me what she wanted to do as a fabulous champion. These are the kind of energy managers you want in school districts. Um, we have a number in our region, which is great to, great to know. Uh, but she said, hey, I'm hoping TP can support us. I want to do a battle of the buildings where we have three schools that challenge each other to improve the efficiency. Now, yes, part of that will be with TEP money to improve the HVAC systems, the lighting, windows, that kind of thing. The other part, of course, is going to be behavior change. How do you get students to become these energy ambassadors to shut off lights when no one's in the room, to maybe change the set points on their, you know, to understand that you can make it a few degrees warmer or cooler, whatever you want to do. Water, don't let those faucets run. Turn those faucets off. You know, uh, uh, when you're watering your plants outside, make sure you're doing it in an efficient fashion. So these kids go develop curriculum that teachers find from a bunch of different sources, and they uh, roll out the curriculum in their classes and have kids become these energy ambassadors. So they walk to other classrooms and they say, oh, we found a light on and no one's in here, and they'll give like a red tag to that <laughs> yes, teacher. that's so fun. Well, and the teachers come back and they find it kind of amusing and they chuckle and then like, they think, what? Oh, maybe I'll change it. <laughs> yes. Better it's a kid than it was another administrator because yes. then they feel like, hey, it's a grievance, right. I'm being harassed, you know. Right. So um, it's, a, it's a really gentle way to remind people to unplug their iPhone chargers after the end, at the end of the day, these vampire devices. Um, it's the kids teaching kids. energy vampire. Yeah. I'll never forget when Kelly Hansen, who was a DEP, she was my first yes when I started Mrs. Green's World and she talked about the energy vampire. And I was like, what? Really? <laughs> so now you go around our house and I turn things off and I turn the, because it does suck energy out. And if everybody did it, it would really add up. Well, and it, it, it helps us to remember that we're not just living in a culture of convenience. We right, should really be right. living in a culture of responsibility. Being mindful. And to have those kids take that on themselves and get that sense of pride, it then begins to bleed into their home life. I was going to say, it morphs. And, you know, they start to increase their disposable income, you know, as energy bills go down a little bit from these just small little actions. So let me ask you this, though. Let's, what are the names of the schools? Because I want every, every kid in all of those schools to hear this and how proud we are to be talking about their schools. There are three schools involved, right? Yes. It is Elvira Elementary, Challenger Middle School, and Star Academic High School. So they're competing against each other to see who can save the most energy, which you, TEP is able to track. You, you, well, the air energy manager is doing that. Got we it. Also, we assist her in providing her energy consumption you know, got through it. her bills. Got it, got it. Um, and right, they're trying to get the students engaged with the curriculum level to actually go through and work with other kids on creating a permanent 
Energy Patrol and Energy Ambassadors team. And they're judging each other off each other's baseline. So it's not the gym at Challenger versus the gym at Elvira. It's what the gym at Elvira's consumption was last year against what it will be this, this new semester. Got it, got it, So got they're it. just benchmarking themselves against themselves. I love that too. I mean, that kind of makes it a little bit healthier. Who's educating the kids? The teachers are on board, I get that. But does TEB help provide education on you know, what to do and why it's important? What's TEP's role? Do they, are they in there or do you, is it a train the trainer model? Because teachers, I mean, you have no idea how many guests I have on the show that talk about what teachers are doing in their classrooms on their own. There's lots of good stuff happening in the classroom already without anybody's assistance because of the great teachers. Well, as you said, you know, it's all about supporting the teachers. I mean, they are, the work they do is incredible. My wife's a teacher at, at Monzo Elementary at DUSD. You're kidding. So she gets to work with Moses. Yes. <laughs> Lucky her, right? The legend of uh, school gardens, Moses Thompson. He was one of my first guests on the show. And baby, look at him now. <laughs> yeah, no, he's rocking. I was a teacher, you know, in South Central Bronx. Uh, my father's an educator. So it's so important to give them the assets and the tools. And I know that we have a massed curriculum around energy. Uh, Jennifer Cox provides that to any teacher who wants. I think we also go in and do uh, through uh, E3. Do you yes, know Neil Markowitz? E3. I know Neil. And look at the work they're doing, mm -hmm. continuing to do great. So they go in and they offer these activities. Right, right. And uh, we also brought in a couple of our union linemen and they bring in a safety board and they unfold this thing. It's actually energized. Oh, the kids love it, I'm sure. Yeah, and they can see how, you know, don't play with down power lines, that kind of stuff. So it's about representing the information in ways that, you know, this kid will absorb it and repackaging a new way and then that child might absorb it. So it's trying to bring it in, in the, all the diverse ways we learn. And it's working. Yeah. That's working. So the, show, the, the program started in August. Mm -hmm. And from what I read... A first rebate check totaling $72,000, is my research accurate, was already presented at the kickoff event back in August for Battle of the Sunnyside Buildings. That's right. $72,000. And that was real energy savings? That was just their rebates for- Their they, rebates. Got it. Got it for all of the energy efficiency programs. Well, Cindy did this really innovative thing. So many of the schools were built in the 50s. Many of the schools still have their initial infrastructure, bathrooms, et cetera. And the schools were in real need of upgrades with the bathrooms. 456 bathrooms. Yeah, that's that, 1950. That's back when I was born. Right. So That's old. They need a lot of work. She wasn't able to get their board to approve, I think, a bond for doing all the work. So she went back to them with the new package and said, look, I believe if we upgrade our lighting and our HVAC systems... We can have so much savings and energy costs that we could reapply those savings to the bathroom upgrades. And she also went to Tucson Water and got a bunch of incentives and rebates for water upgrades. So they're changing out their urinals, their faucets, their toilets, um, along with their lighting and HVAC systems. And so through their water and energy savings together, they're able to go through and they're retrofitting 456 bathrooms over the course Unreal. of this year. So I think their total rebates from TEP, if they're on, they're on track right now to complete all their projects, I think they have about 25 schools. And I believe they're doing lighting projects and HVAC projects in almost all of them. 
Um, and City of Tucson Water Department has great rebates. So they so, work with businesses. So they're another great partner of Mrs. Green. So they're working closely with Sunnyside on this too. I yes. think from TEP, the total rebate will be about 812000 at the end of the day. <laughs> it's like, that is unreal. I mean, that is a big number. That's almost a million dollars. Well, this kind of communicating what's out there and then taking action and getting it done is... For the greater good. So important. Yep. Yep. You know, when we look at, okay, why is TEP paying Sunnyside to do this 812000 It's like, well, they're spending millions of dollars to do this. We're reducing some of those overhead costs because we encourage these, you know, our technology is upgrading all the time. It's exhausting to keep up with it, you know. But when we do, we improve our quality of life. You have better quality lighting. You have better atmosphere to learn and, and teach in. And it just takes the energy to break out of our normal routine and go ahead and replace all those lights, replace those HVAC units, get that uh, building envelope up to shape, what, what, what's available now. And so we offer those rebates to help expedite that process type and make it easier for those large customers. Because when they do that and they reduce energy savings and teach others how to reduce energy, I mean, uh, reduce energy and have energy savings. Right, right. Uh, and they pass those lessons on. That means TEP doesn't have to build more expensive infrastructure. We can just upgrade what we have, maybe bring in more distributed generation, look at other sources of generation. I mean, last year, I believe, the utility sector in this country spent $100 billion on upgrading the grid to become more of a smarter grid. Um, and that is partly with these new ballasts where the new lights get plugged into. You can control them, turn them up when it's darker, dim them when the daylight's coming in. So that's all about becoming a smarter community. And when you have engaged large customers like your Department of Transportation, like your school districts, um, like your water uh, utility, like your electric utility, you can mitigate traffic congestion. You can uh, improve uh, your environment in a classroom. You can uh, improve public safety. Uh, all this requires communication and collaboration. And I feel like that's what TP is. In the short six months I've been there, they've really demonstrated to me that that's what they're all about. And I know you, and I know what you did. And for you to go over there, you know, you and I just had a brief moment before we went on air. And I, hey, it's my show, and I can say whatever the heck I want. But I get very upset when people go after TEP when they're looking at a piece of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, I think about somebody like Kevin Cook, who is such a stand-up guy. Mm -hmm. And from Technicians for Sustainability. Oh, I, know. I know you know Kevin. Yeah, he's great. And he does see the whole picture. And and yes, we would love the solar story to have a happy ending. Let's mm -hmm. see what happens. But what I say to people who say, you know, yeah, well, you know, they're your big sponsor. And I'm like, well, I'm not for sale. Don't ever misinterpret that. Mm -hmm. I've looked deeply and spent lots of time talking with Dan Hogan and with Dave Hutchins mm -hmm. about the complexity. And my friend Bobby Gentry, who was there for like 30 years at TEP or maybe even 40, mm -hmm. about what people want. Let's be honest. They want to go home and they want to put their electricity to turn their light on. They want air conditioning to be available. They want their TV to work. They don't want outages. And yet, how easy it is for some people to go on to the attack. And that really bothers me because when you look just numbers, what TEP has achieved in terms of energy efficiency and reducing the grid load, 
it's blow, it's mind blowing, mm-hmm. and you can't you can't argue with that. It's mm-hmm. like they're doing a lot of major things, and then of course there's my favorite project, which is the Raptor Protection Program. <laughs> yeah, that's a neat one. That it is, it is really a neat one. So back to to what you're doing, um, people. I did not understand what would happen in my own bedroom when I changed from an incandescent light bulb to a CFL, right? Mm-hmm. So when you think about it on the scale of schools and lowering it, um, it's it's major. Then I wanted to just comment on the HVAC, like with which, what Cindy's doing. Um, one of my favorite people in Tucson right now, I can say that without question, is Gary Gibson. He's mm. like a sage to me, and he is one of the. He owned Russet Southwest. His son is now a son-in-law is now running it, but he's involved, and his passion is for clean air in homes and buildings. Oh. And when you're changing out, and they're mostly on the residential side, but when you're changing out old HVAC systems you're improving the quality of life for the kids and staff in those buildings because they're bad. Oh, yeah. And there's lots of upper respiratory disease and all of things like that that's happening. So what's happening right now? I mean, we're into the program. You're on board. What's happening now? And how long does this program run? Is it a time-limited thing and there'll be a great big winner that you'll announce and I'll get invited so I can (laughs) do some social media? (laughs) I believe that Cindy's plan is to have it run this semester and run it semester by semester. And I know that it's a work in progress. This is the first time she's done it. And so, you know, we had quite a few meetings over the summer where you're trying to engage teachers that are putting together the curriculum for the upcoming year. lots of moving parts. A lot of moving parts. And luckily, Cindy and I believe her leadership see this as an investment and something that they're going to be committed to. So it's not a one of at all. No. And it can't be because what you, you can't you can't unlearn what you've learned and the kids will know and they'll want more and it's a great learning environment for them and especially to you know continue to take home. That's right. And teachers I believe will rely on it more once it's really become concrete and tested the type of curriculums that they might use in a classroom. Um, and the you know what exactly will the energy ambassadors do? Uh, get them into a routine, into a club. So how do you engage and reward them? Do they get fun stuff? Do they get rewarded? I think kids should get rewarded when they're energy ambassadors, or is the reward that they're doing great things for the planet? How do you, how do they work that? I believe that they these teams. One of the criteria for for being successful is that you create uh, like a, a club, the Energy Ambassadors right, Club. Right, right, right. And if they're able to, you know, achieve, help help achieve so much savings or help remind so many teachers to shut off their lights or something like that, I believe they're able to, they win a small cash prize and they can spend it how they want. And some, I imagine, may like to plant a tree. Others may have a pizza party. You know, who knows? Right, it's but it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. And that's a great way to incentivize kids for doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's not the big reward that they're after. It's, you know, being a part of it. And I think that's really great. Do you know what have been some of the biggest challenges? Because we're painting this rosy picture and it's mm-hmm. got to be hard. First of all, there's a culture of a school district. Mm-hmm. There's ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. So then there's innovation and change. With Cindy at the helm, I would think that there's a lot of inspiration and excitement. But what have been some of the challenges that you've had to overcome or look at? Or are there, and is there anything glaring that pops up? 
Well, from my angle at TP, it's it's been pretty easy. You know, I basically went to my leadership and I said, "This is what Sunnyside's <laughs> doing." And uh, from Kathy Reed to Dave Hutchins, right, right, you know, all of it to Dave Couture, they're doing the happy dance. <laughs> yeah, they said this is fabulous. This is what we hope all of our you know major customers would do: support them in any way you can. So that response from me was immediate. And I think you know the real challenge is for Cindy. You know, she's having to coordinate um, her contractors to put in the the new lighting right. and the HVACs. Right. She's coordinating with a number of teachers uh, at three different schools to try to implement this curriculum. A lot of work. Yeah, and the <laughs> yes. teachers themselves are just juggling the many demands that we place on them. The you know, sickening so. demands in our state. See, I can say that. There's so <laughs> many things that are, you know, false positives is what I call them. It's like, oh yeah, you think that's a metric for how kids are really learning? Mm -hmm. So, But we're changing that. There's a lot of really good things going on in our schools mm -hmm. and a lot of great teachers that are making the educational experience wonderful. I don't want to sound like Debbie Downer. Mm -hmm. It's really, I'm so proud of the changes that I see and what's happening because of great teachers. Yeah. Well, the question is always comes down to, doesn't matter, you know, for a lot of the students, you know, the teachers... Administrators, of course, the first thing is, well, if we want to save money on efficiency, let's just replace these lights and students can't do that. Let's replace the HVAC, students can't do that. And then it, you got to fight against the sense of like, oh, by just switching off the light or unplugging this vampire, you know, energy right, cycle device. Right, my job's done. You know, kids may think, oh, that doesn't really matter or and it's about teaching that it does. Taking that responsibility and right, your day-to-day right. -day routine in your own life does have an effect. It has these ripple effects. And yes, the big, you know, upgrades to the facilities matter a lot to your bottom line. Uh, but over time, your behavior really, particularly when it's thousands and thousands of students, you know, it really begins to affect and think things. think about it. I go immediately to water. I become obsessed with toilet flushing. Mm -hmm. And to change out the toilets to more high-efficiency toilets, that has a huge impact on the desert where we are more and more and more. I mean, I'm so impressed with the city of Tucson Water Department and how they're preparing. Mm -hmm. They know that it's gotten a lot hotter and that there have been droughts and that it didn't rain in October for the first time in I don't know how many years in Tucson. Right. So changing out the waters, it's a really collective systemic change at energy use in general mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. our precious resources. That's right. So you actually have a program at TEP that I'm a little bit familiar with, commercial energy solutions programs mm -hmm. so what that it's not just about Sunnyside there have been a lot other work with schools can you speak about that just for a little bit about what other kind of things TEP has helped bring about changes in schools in Tucson area well Sunnyside is kind of one of our flagship projects right now we I guess because <laughs> she's, she's being pretty comprehensive um, yeah. but we look forward to working with all the districts on this kind of stuff. I know that city of Tucson just did a massive street lighting uh, infrastructure upgrade. So they it's got- It's happening a, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's time. The technology, you know, you wait for that period where it becomes really ripe. And I think that's where we are now. And they're upgrading the bulbs, but as the ballasts as well. So they can control, you know, got they it. can got it. do the fading and all the rest of it. And then they can begin to speak to one another. They can speak to the transportation below. So that goes back to that smart cities thing. Smart we city thing. Before. But I will say that the Corporation Commission is beginning to take a slightly different, uh, they're looking again at the efficiency programs and try to Yay. upgrade them. And we submitted our new efficiency plan uh, this fall. 
and we're waiting for the Arizona Corporation Commission's comments. Uh, they're the ones, they are the, our TEP's regulatory body. Right. So, because it's a lot monopoly, of power. a lot of power. A lot of power. Mm-hmm. A lot of power. So they're going to be tweaking probably our plan, then we'll know early next year what we're working with, and then we'll begin reaching out to customers and trying to Because when you do that. a program, it has to be approved by them, an energy yes. efficiency program. You don't just get to roll it out and say, isn't that great? They're no. looking and they have to say yes or no. They regulate almost everything we do I have said, in the public interest. <laughs> I, do. I have said to Dave Hutchins, he has many, many bosses to answer to. Yes, I mean, he does. It's like he doesn't just have to answer to his team, but he's got a lot of... Um, a lot of people to satisfy at very the shareholders, the parent company. I mean, you name it. The customers. <laughs> the customers. Oh yeah, they, that that's first. I mean, they care a lot. There's a lot of customer demand. So we are out of time. <laughs> look at you know we're going to get a videographer in here someday, and we're going to look at people's faces when you think about how we're going to cover a half hour show. And you, I wish we had picture of Ryan's body language right now. It's like, what? So everybody, you can find more about this at TEP.com. You can find out more about it at the Sunnyside uh, School District website. TEP website is TEP.com. Sunnyside is SUSD12.org. Facebook, Twitter, there's a lot of information. If you just Google the um, energy efficiency program in Sunnyside, there's a great press release where you can learn more about it. And Ryan, this was delightful. It's great to hear things that are happening with kids and schools. And we brought up a lot of our friends with Moses and all the great stuff they're doing and our partners at City, the Water Department. So TEP really did go sunny side up. Now you know what that means. And we've got to get Cindy on the show. On December 12th, Kathleen Hayhoe, one of the top climate scientists in the world, I named that show Meet the Climate Scientist. She's amazing, works with faith-based organizations. And then our Down to Earth show, we're doing a best of show. It is Easy Being Green, featuring my friends, James Castiter and Lisa Tantlinger from the Chapman Green Team. Make it a great green week, everybody. Check out our holiday giving less, giving more by giving less campaign, Mrs. Green's World events for more information. Make it a great green week and happy holidays. 